0: Federal Drive is presented by GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families. Visit GEHA.com.
1: Federal improper payments roll on and on, year after year, and among the most frustrating, fraudulent unemployment benefits, federal dollars that get spent by the states. Last fall, the Government Accountability Office estimated that as much as 15% of pandemic-era unemployment spending went to fraudsters as much as $135 billion. For a review of what it recommended and any progress since then, the GAO's Director of Forensic Audits, Seto Bagdoyan. Seto, good to have you back
2: with us. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me back.
1: And just a quick question. The official tally is around $55 billion in pandemic relief spending that was fraudulent for unemployment benefits. But the imputed and derived number that GAO came up with has an upper limit of 135 billion, almost three times as much. Tell us about the differential there for starters.
2: Right, Great question. So the 55 billion or so is a point in time number that is actually pretty dated by now. Uh, it was last reported around a May timeframe when we were finalizing our analyses. So that is what the states report to the Department of Labor at the federal level, and these are actually cases that they've investigated, reviewed, and made a determination that the benefit was paid out either through administrative error or fraud. Now, our estimate, the up to $135 billion That you mentioned is an estimate based on statistical and econometric modeling, which is well over my head, but it is very sophisticated, pioneering work, first of its kind estimate, and uh, we think it's a good one. I would also note that it's likely understated because we didn't have the full picture of fraudulent cases to sample from. It's a bit complicated, But it is a point-in-time estimate that gives us a good idea of how bad the problem has been.
1: And what do we understand about the mechanisms of the fraud? That is, in unemployment benefits, individuals apply individually. But what we have seen, say, in another area that's rife with fraud, and that is Medicare, Medicaid benefits, often there's an organization behind it. Submitting multiple claims from the same medical office that they've Xeroxed off and so forth, purported medical office, this kind of thing. It's organized. Do we know about unemployment insurance?
2: During the pandemic, the new risks that arose were from organized criminal enterprises, both domestic and foreign. They targeted the weak systems at the state level. What controls there were in place were relaxed, actually. And both the federal government and the state agencies that process unemployment relied on self-reporting and self-attestation, which is the perennial bugaboo for auditors. That is just an absolutely red light in terms of increasing risk for fraud.
1: And what about the geographical variations? For example, was one state particularly egregious and one state virtuous?
2: Well, there weren't any virtuous ones, I must say, which is pretty sad commentary on the whole program integrity structure out there. There were states such as Arizona that were really pummeled, both from domestic and foreign actors all over. I mean, Michigan, California, you may have heard about the eighteen to twenty billion dollar number of fraudulent payments. I think it was pretty much across the board that the fraudsters probed for weak spots. And unfortunately, they found many of them and they exploited those weak spots.
1: And gosh, if you look at the upper line number there, that's enough to fund the Homeland Security Department and the Labor Department and the Education Department all combined,
2: roughly. Yeah, it is a big, big number. And as I mentioned earlier, it's likely understated. And we will also, as we know it in our report, never fully know the full extent of fraud.
1: We're speaking with Seto Bagdoyan. He's director of forensic audits and investigations at the GAO, and the other part of the report states that there were, in fact, substantial multi-million-dollar grants from the Labor Department to states for the purposes of implementing anti-fraud. Were those completely wasted, or could it have been worse, I suppose?
2: Well, that's a good question. We tallied about $1.4 billion in federal assistance to the states. The states had to apply for these grants and essentially describe what they intended to do with the money. Much of that is still playing out. In fact, at the time of our reporting, the states were still planning long-term efforts to get their act together, basically, One thing I would note as part of the assistance, the federal government made available these so-called tiger teams of experts that would actually go on site, essentially to states and and work with them to uh, figure out what went wrong and make a number of recommendations. We tallied over 300 total recommendations. And at the time of our report, we didn't have any indication that any of those recommendations had actually been implemented That's to be expected. To be fair, these things are long-term propositions, but the recommendations have to be implemented in the spirit and intent in which they were made.
1: And you mentioned that some of the states had loosened the requirements. Did they do that on their own behest, or was that on advice of the Labor Department?
2: They mostly did it on their own. These are partnership programs. Unemployment insurance is a partnership, federal-state The feds, uh, labor department, are to provide some level of oversight and ensure accountability, but the state workforce agencies, or SWAs, those are the dedicated entities at each state level who run the unemployment insurance program, and they're the ones who relaxed controls or removed them altogether, relied on stealth reporting and attestation, mainly because they were just absolutely slammed with applications for benefits. And in order to get the money out under such pressure, they pulled a plug on the controls and the results are massive fraud.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that makes the blood of an accountant and an auditor curdle when you hear relaxed controls on purpose. That's right.
2: Yeah, that's a big no-no.
1: <laughs> and the sad part is there was actually a need for unemployment insurance as oh, a result of the pandemic. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a noble thing to do is provide people with something to live off of while things change back to normal. But you do expose yourself to a lot of fraud risk. And that's what happened here.
1: And what has the Labor Department done since then, now that we've had a period of relative peace? I mean, have they at least demanded that states reinstate their controls that would be in place in the normal good fiscal operation of any public entity?
2: So, great question. We don't have any active audits currently. What we do is we track the status of recommendations we made to the Labor Department. Uh, They are the action agency, if you will. We did not make any recommendations to the states. So, they have taken some action. They've identified people who are at least nominally in charge of managing fraud risks and developing a strategy of sorts to counter fraud risk. And some other actions, but they have a long way to go. We had a little over two dozen open recommendations at one point. I think we may have closed about 25% or so of those, but the bulk of them remain open.
1: And so it's up to what Congress or somebody's got to put some pressure somewhere to make sure that this gets tightened up because it sounds like it's still a potential, even back to normal unemployment level payouts that the the level of fraud could return.
2: Yeah, congressional oversight is important. And our congressional clients have been active in this space. But we also have a regular monitoring process. Agencies are to report back to us on progress, especially when they have something concrete for us to look at. We will review that and see whether it is responsive to the recommendation, and then we'll work with the agency to take steps to close the recommendation as implemented based on the evidence they provide. We don't take just their word for it, of course. And then subsequently, several years perhaps from now, when we go back and take another look at unemployment insurance, we'll see whether those recommendations were actually implemented and what, if any, effect they had.
1: And just a final question, the pandemic, I guess, is officially over, has been for some time. The unemployment program is a long-standing program. At some point, does one kind of fade away and we're out of whatever's left over of pandemic issues and just back to regular unemployment as it existed before the pandemic?
2: Right. All the pandemic era programs have expired. So we are back to regular order, if you will but the pandemic experience actually changed the risk landscape dramatically. The introduction of these organized crime entities, especially from overseas, that is a very concerning development. But the bottom line here is, if I may leave you with this, is basically don't incur losses upfront to fraud because you are going to get very little of it at the back end. In pandemic era programs, we're looking at 6% recovery rate of fraudulent payments as reported by the states. And for the pandemic unemployment assistance program, the infamous PUA, which relied exclusively for a while on self-reporting, the rate of recovery is $0.04 on the dollar. At least it was at the time of our report.
1: So keep the money and forego the clawback headlines.
2: Yeah, the clawback is it's, it's not a way to do business. Uh, it's It has failed wherever and whenever it's been tried.
1: Seto Bagdoyan is Director of Forensic Audits and Investigations at the Government Accountability Office. As always, thanks so
2: much. Thank you, Tom, for having me.
1: We'll post this interview along with a link to that report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.